0: Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers, and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. An endurance enthusiast, Mary Stella came to marathon swimming by way of endurance triathlon. No stranger to suffering for 14 or 16 hours at a stretch Mary isn't sure she's proud of her swimming accomplishments. Perhaps she just hasn't swam long enough yet. Coming to prefer the sensory deprivation of the water environment, it's the suffering she's really after. Truly, you've got to check out this episode. Enjoy. Hey, Mary, thanks for being our guest
1: today. What's your story? so i actually learned to swim as an adult for triathlon um i kind of snuck in the back door of marathon swimming and no one's really noticed yet (laughs) how old were you when you started swimming to be fair i did learn to swim as like a child i did go to the ymca and take lessons but um i never swam age group or or school or anything like that. Like I took a few lessons and then promptly didn't use them for 25 years. <laughs> right, yeah. And then, uh, I, I had come from a running background and as I got older, I decided I needed to run less. <laughs> so I started cycling and I had done a duathlon and I just felt like this was the best thing I've ever done. Cause out of the three sports cycling is probably my best and my favorite. And, uh, I, was like, I'm going to sign up for a triathlon. I know how to swim. And I did this triathlon like a month later and realized I actually don't know how to swim. I know how not to drown. <laughs> so <laughs> that was interesting. It probably took me, I'm not even joking, like 45 minutes to swim like 1500 meters. I think an Olympic triathlon is. And it was very easy to find my bike when I got out of the swim because it's one of the <laughs> only ones left. And, uh, you know, I, I finished that first triathlon and I was like, I have to learn how to swim. I'm never doing that again. So I really, uh, dedicated myself to actually truly like learning how to swim. And, and what was your
0: age approximately?
1: Um, it was 2010. So I was probably okay.
0: 30. Okay. Um, you're learning to swim at 30. That's great.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I had learned how to swim and, you know, I had friends that were swimmers or triathletes that had drugged me into open water. Cause I'm pretty sure I had only ever swam in a pool when I did that first triathlon. And, you know, I, I did learn how to swim and I actually learned to like love swimming. So that, that, that's a different thing. Most triathletes actually don't like the swim. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how I came to marathon swimming was actually for triathlon.
0: Mm -hmm. How did you learn to love swimming?
1: You know, I think I had been putting such a heavy load on my body doing, you know, triathlon and like full distance triathlon for, for years. So I had had a number of cycling accidents. You know, I've had broken collarbones. I've had my labor repaired. I've had a broken wrist. I've had a broken foot. Um, So I think in a way it was like, I actually got in the water and things didn't hurt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was like, this is amazing. Cause at the heart of it, I'm really like a a volume junkie. I love to overtrain. So I will do a lot of, uh, a lot of volume. Like I, I like that. Mm -hmm. And I felt like with swimming, it's so gentle on your body that you could really do a lot of it every day. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I really, you know, I had worked up to like an Ironman distance pretty quickly in triathlon. And uh, in swimming terms, that's a really short swim. It's only like Mm -hmm. 2.4 miles, which is totally out of balance with the rest of the triathlon. And so I had decided I was going to swim like a 5k and it, that's not really a challenge. If you're swimming 2.4 miles, it's half a mile farther. It's not um, great. So I had decided that I was going to swim a 10k and there was a 10k in Lake George and I had never swam in a lake like Lake George before. Cause it's an enormous lake. <laughs> <laughs> so I had gone up there and you know, I felt like I had trained properly for it and everything. And like I knew what I was getting myself into and I didn't really have any fear like surrounding not being able to do it. But actually when I I started swimming in Lake George, I had never swam in anything like that before because it's such an enormous lake and they actually do a circuit course. So you go around the same course four times. And as the day went on, the water got bigger and rougher every loop so I I knew about where I was at you know every time I'd come around the floating dock like I knew what time it was I knew how much time I had left to get it done and when I got done with that and came out of the water I didn't feel great (laughs) like I was tired I remember it being actually kind of cold um like the air being cold and I I had brought like jeans with me to put on after the swim. And I remember trying to put my jeans on and thinking, I can't even pull my pants up my leg. My arms hurt so bad. <laughs> so that was addicting. I totally loved that. <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely gonna do this again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember finishing that, that 10K, like my first one and just being like wrecked. Like that was hard. I was tired mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. So. so then i decided actually any i mean most people know phil white and he puts on a series of swims um and you know he really does a great job and like he'll give he has a setup where you could basically walk the steps of of distance up you know Mm -hmm. you can go from a mile to a 5k to a 10k to a 10 mile to i think of 25k which is about 15 16 miles um And beyond, if you really want to. So, I had signed up for Phil's ten-mile Kingdom Swim, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, I I decided to. There's actually a swim called the Potomac River Swim that's like seven and a half miles. So I ended up sticking that in between just because it was like a a step up distance, Mm -hmm. and I uh, just kept kept walking up the steps early
0: was the how was the, the first 10k you couldn't pull your jeans up and you' were like yes I love this I need to do more of this what happened after the Potomac River swim the next.
1: Um, from doing long distance triathlon I, I in, in coaching I kind of knew what I was getting myself into in terms of time so mm-hmm. I knew going from like a 10k to like a 10 mile I was only adding a few hours. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't that intimidated by the distance or the time because I had already done, you know, full distance triathlon and been out there for 14, 15 hours. So I wasn't intimidated by the time so much or the distance, but I probably swam way more training than I really ever needed to do Mm. because I'm obsessive, (laughs) 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 honestly, um, And, and Phil's kingdom swing was, you know, that was a good challenge for me at the time. Like I remember finishing the 10 mile and, you know, being sufficiently tired and sore from it. Um, so that was addicting.
0: (laughs) Sufficiently. There's a, such a thing as sufficiently tired and sore. I like this.
1: (laughs) So you
0: you decided you definitely needed more (laughs) sufficiently tired and sore.
1: (laughs) Right. I, I like to follow things down the rabbit hole for sure. Um, I, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. I, I'm either all into it and completely obsessed or I'm just not doing it at all. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, it, but, it, but it's right. definitely true.
0: What's the, um, can you compare the difference between finishing, like say an Ironman and uh, a long marathon
1: swim? <laughs> what? It's well, over. from my perspective, uh, triathlon is. People think an Ironman is like the hardest thing you can ever do, and I don't agree with that at all. And people hate when I say that, but it's totally <laughs> true. <laughs> and the reason I say that is, you know, to do an Ironman, you you basically can be a very average athlete and complete it. Like the only trait you really need is, you know, perseverance. You need to have like relentless forward motion because the cutoffs are very generous. I mean, they give you like 17 hours. You could easily not bike very fast and run, walk the marathon and you'll finish if if you keep going. Mm -hmm. So in terms of that, I felt like, I think that's one of the reasons I really liked marathon swimming is because, you know, it was really hard for me, not coming from a swimming background. Mm -hmm. You know, I had done some swim swims like eight bridges, and I don't so the Hudson actually flows in two directions. So it's got a tidal switch, and you know, getting caught out in a tidal switch is is very difficult compared to triathlon, where you know you can't take a break, you can't coast on your bike, you can't walk like you have to keep swimming against the tide or you're going backwards and fast. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I felt like marathon swimming was a much harder challenge for me. And, and I really will defend that that's true. Cause if you look at Ironman or triathlon in general, just enormous amounts of everyday people are completing on it any given weekend. Or if you look at marathon swimming, there's only a select few of crazy people that will do it. <laughs> I mean, I think you could be a very average swimmer and and do marathon swimming. I don't feel like you need to be fast because I don't really feel like that's in the spirit of marathon swimming. Like, it's kind of a sport of, like, let's try to swim over there and see if it can really happen. Right. Yeah. I think that attracted me, too, in a sense that, like, being an adult swimmer, you know, I'm a very average swimmer. I will never win anything. (laughs) And. You know, but I'm able to hang out there forever. Mm-hmm. I, I've got an all-day swimming pace. Mm-hmm. And I like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like being out there all day. That's good. <clears throat> Tell us about um learning, I guess finding Terry. I want to hear about it. So
1: that. when I started swimming when we had done when I, when we had done that 10K, there was a group of us that uh had been training for it together and all went up together and did it. And pretty much most people checked out after the 10 K they were not going to swim any further than that. And uh, a friend of mine, that was my training partner had taught total immersion. And we decided that, you know, if we were going to continue to swim, we should probably go to, to to total immersion and like have our strokes looked at and stuff, just because we're putting such a huge load through it over hours and hours. And, You know, I had met Terry Lachlan and just absolutely fell in love with him because he was, he was the perfect coach for me. And I say that meaning that there's a lot of different styles of coaching and that was what I needed. Like Mm -hmm. I was ready for the lesson and the master had appeared. So, you know, he was, I think he was very good at understanding how people learn and I think that's the biggest challenge with adult swimming is people have in their mind what they're doing and it's not what they're doing mm-hmm. and you can't convince them otherwise, unless you like show them a video for like, mm-hmm. if you're not doing this, they will not believe you. Right. Cause I, I've taught some triathletes to swim and it's not easy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Where you we know, like people that I know that grew up swimming as children, you know, I can't attest to that because I didn't really do it, but like they're excellent swimmers, but they can't even really tell you what they're doing. Some Mm -hmm. of them, like they know what they're doing and their technique is perfect, but to try to translate it to someone else is very difficult for them. And Terry really understood how people learned. And I was, I was pretty obsessed too. When I, when I went to see him, so I really stopped what I was doing and like, you know, he had given me a bunch of drills and stuff. And like, I literally did like, a lot of drills at the beginning of any given practice. And I would, I stopped and was using like a tempo trainer and was like swimming 25s. And then after a long time, I moved up to a 50. <laughs> I was just like nuts about it. <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was, in, you know, he was really instrumental in my deciding to marathon swim because, you know, I, I feel like he gave me, you know, the gift of confidence in that. Um, you know, I had done kingdom swim, I think by the time I had already started going there and met him, but you know, when I, my first trip, my first Ironman I ever did was in New York city and at that expo, I had met what was called New York city swims at the time. And I had lived in Manhattan when I was younger and I, I didn't know anything about marathon swimming. I didn't come from swimming background, So. I had met New York city swims and they were telling me about all their different swims and, um, the swim around Manhattan. And I just became obsessed with that idea. I was like, Oh my God, someday I really have to do this. Like when I'm done with triathlon. And so the, the seed was already planted and in the back of my head for a while. And, you know, I, I think I had conveyed that to Terry and he was like, Oh, you've already done a qualifier for that. You could definitely go swim around Manhattan. And I just thought he was out of his mind when he had told me that I was like, you know, it's, it's 28 and a half miles, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the truth is, is it's really not time-wise. I mean, yeah, it is 28 and a half miles, but you get such a tidal push from the, uh, the water there that it is not in time, a 28 mile swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I, I had begun to realize like how much time I had spent swimming like the 10 mile or the border buster or something before I had done that. And I was like, oh, it's, it's there. Like I can swim that long. So I had applied to do 20 bridges and got in and then I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? (laughs) But honestly, I think that's like a, that's my number one favorite swim. I will never regret doing that. I think everyone that marathon swim should do that swim. It's just, it's the most fun swim I've ever done you know, maybe part of it was having lived in Manhattan. So I knew exactly where I was the entire time. And I really enjoyed that. I, I like urban swimming too, though. Not that mm-hmm. I don't like a desolate lake, but like three rivers in Pittsburgh was also a really amazing swim because it's an urban swim. It, it's fun swimming by things and getting a u- unique perspective um, on a city where, you know, very few people will ever see a city that way.
0: Yeah. True. So true. I really, I can't wait to do Manhattan someday. Um, tell us a little bit about what made it your favorite swim. Like, what was it like? Tell You said you were really nervous when you got there and then, and then what happened?
1: I think it was more <laughs> nervous, like training for it than, um, than actually doing it. I think by the time I had trained for it, I had already resolved myself to the fact that it was going to be fun, but you know, I had a great crew for it. I I had I know a lot of the New York open water people. So it was really just a very fun day. My crew was hilarious. Um, and I, I think I just took it all in actually when I was swimming because I have the ability to be very focused on what I'm doing. And anyone that is kayaked or, or crude for me can attest to the fact that even trying to get my attention, I'm usually like zen out. Like you can't even you can't even get my attention <laughs> You know, people will stop me to give me a feed and I'll be like, I can't believe 30 minutes went by. (laughs) So, you know, I I feel like when I did 20 bridges, I I knew I just because of the cost of 20 bridges, I knew I wasn't gonna do it again. Or if I did, it would be a very long time before I did it again. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just really was in the in the moment with that one of I'm swimming under the George Washington (laughs) Bridge. this is amazing. So I, I loved it. I think that's a must do for anyone.
0: Um, tell us about the swim you're most proud
1: of. Yeah, that's a tough question. Cause I don't really feel like pride. I'd say so much about my swimming. Um, you know, I feel like I, that's a good question. <laughs> I probably need some, uh, psychological help about that (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah I don't really like I never finish a swim and really like celebrate like it's kind of not my thing you know it's like uh I feel like it's got a different you know reverence or something to it for me than to be like yay I did that like that's just kind of diminishing me diminishing to me like I understand why other people do it but uh I mean I think I take some pride basically in all the swims I've ever done, but I don't take pride in any particular swim like I did that.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Right. (laughs) There's something there. I don't know quite what it is. Um, You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of swims I really enjoyed. And how
0: about which one were you the most glad to get over with?
1: Oh, so I see Janine is on this call and she can attest to this swim because we were out there together. (laughs) But uh, we had swum stage. (laughs) We had swum stage one of eight bridges. And we got caught out in the tide. And I had a kayaker who had never kayaked before. He was like, um, just one of Dave Barra's buddies that he kayaks with. So I had swam I don't know how many hours maybe eight or so and it's it's a 20 mile swim I was probably at like 19 and a half miles and anybody that swims eight bridges you can see the bridge from like five miles away (laughs) so people think oh yay I'm like a half an hour out I'm gonna be done and you're like hours away from being done and then the time so I never I didn't really know that much about marathon swimming at the time and I'd never swam against a tide like that. And I thought, Oh, I'm going to be done soon. And then the tide had switched and it was like, you're not going to be done for a while. (laughs) And the kayaker is like, cause I was like really struggling. They push you along the the river bank to get you out of the tide. They try to, to put you in an estuary to, to crawl along the, uh, which is disgusting because I love the Hudson River. It's one of my favorite places to swim, but that particular section of the Hudson River is rough. <laughs> you know, you're, you're crawling over dead fish and, and dirt and <laughs> whatever. But I remember my kayaker ben, had said to me, like, you know, you'd suffered all day for this. Like, we're getting under that bridge. And I just put my head down and said, okay, okay. <laughs> And I actually did get under the bridge and it was very challenging to swim against the tide for that long. Mm -hmm. So knowing what I know now, I think part of it was not knowing how hard that was going to be that I continued to (laughs) do. Now that I've done it, it's like, I never really want to get stuck against the tide again.
0: (laughs) What did it feel like when you, when you finally got there?
1: It was it was a funny situation because I knew Dave wanted to pull me, so I refused to look at him. I was like, if he tells me to get out, I'm not going to argue with him, but I'm not going to look at him and make it easy for him. (laughs) I didn't really want to get out, so I refused to look at him, and uh, because there was a apparently I found out afterwards from friends that my kayaker Dave and someone else had all discussed that they were going to pull me and n- none of them wanted to tell me. So the <laughs> kayaker was like, I'm not telling her. <laughs> so that's why I ended up continuing to swim was like, none of them wanted to be the one that had to tell me I had to get out. And so I remember like, as soon as I got under the bridge, I like looked at Dave cause I just wanted to stop swimming. And like, I swear he let me swim forever. <laughs> um, And as soon as I stopped swimming, I was like right back under the bridge and floating past my kayaker. And I remember he said to me like, oh, do you want to swim to the finish? Because you go to a park that's maybe, you know, a quarter mile away, half a mile away. And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) I'm not swimming against this for like another minute.
0: (laughs) So you just got to the bridge and called it good?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How many hours were you swimming against the current?
1: It, it wasn't that long. It was probably, you know, it actually really wasn't that long because I was only about a half a mile out when I got caught. So it was probably like a half an hour. But it's it's a grueling half an hour because you are, I mean, because you're right against the riverbank. So you can see how little prog- progress you are making. Right. It's right. like okay, it just took me five minutes to get past that tree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So we've been,
1: especially especially compared to like prior to that, you are ripping down the Hudson at like a rate faster than you would normally swim.
0: Mm -hmm. So despite your um, preference for suffering, this, that was, you've now checked that off. That's not a type of suffering that you actually want to do is, is again, against the river swimming
1: well I feel like you get yourself into a situation once you get there like um you know a lot of people don't like lake swimming I actually really love it but you know generally generally it with a lake you could you know you're not up against a a time cut off like that
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um you know you can make it in against the tide but it definitely throws a, a wrench in your plan for the day. Um, or, or even, you know, some ocean swimming. Like I remember when I did Catalina, I had I had Dan Simonelli and, and Guy Morgan as my kayakers and they were, they're incredible. I would recommend them to anyone. They're very professional. And uh, I had told both of them before the swim, I'm like, I don't ask, I don't cite. <laughs> So, you know, I'm not going to ask you how long I've been out here, or how close we are. Don't tell me, like, don't randomly tell me on a feed, like, oh, we're almost there. Or, you know, you've been swimming this long. Like, I don't want to know. Like, I'll know when we get there. Mm -hmm. So I had, um, but I had also told them as a follow-up, like, if I do ask you, like, don't lie to me. Like, there's a reason I'm asking you. Like I need, like something's going off the rails for me and I, I need to address it. So, you know, I, I had been out there forever and at one point I had asked Dan, like, you know, I'm really starting to hurt. Like how much, how much further are we? And, you know, he had told me, cause I had asked and I remember like, he had said to me, like, you know, you're not close enough to be there like in an hour. He's like, but in an hour, you'll be close enough to, to, to want to finish this. So <laughs> hey, interesting was, response. very vague, but I love Dan. He's so sweet. And, um, you know, he had finished his shift, him him, and Guy were taking shifts. And I remember like my next feed or whatever, I think I had been with Guy and, you know, he had said to me like, um, one of the nicest things that kayakers ever said to me. And it was just I'll never forget it. He was like, you know, we already see you standing on the beach. And it was like that. I really bought into that at the time. Cause I was like, I am in so much pain. I can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> and it was like, I have dragged these guys for the night. <laughs> and like, they've been out here kayaking for hours. Like I have to finish this. So that, I felt like that was a great buy-in for me.
0: That's like, a I feel really good like, advice so,
1: for a, a kayaker. I will never forget it. It was just like, you know, we already see you finishing this and, you know, it was like, Oh, I can't not finish this. now. (laughs) Right. So, you know, what people say to you from a kayak or from a group, I mean, it really does matter because you're so isolated, you know, when you're swimming, it's like, you know, you're, you've got your head down You you can't see much, or at least I can't. And I don't hear well either so it's like those few seconds you know if you take short feeds those few seconds that you actually have to uh to talk to somebody what they actually say to you matters
0: Yep, yeah that's true
1: is there anything that you haven't finished there's definitely things i haven't finished um i had pretty much walked up the steps for phil's swims i didn't finish in search of memphrey um And that was, I I had that scheduled before Catalina and we had a horrible day for that. Um, We definitely should have reversed direction or picked another day. Um, I think most of the people actually didn't finish it. Pretty much everyone had pulled from it. And I remember being out there and I think at the time it might've been one of my longest swims and I knew how far away we were from the finish and how much longer I would have to be out there. And at that time, like mentally, I was like, I've got Catalina coming up in a month. I just, my arms had hurt from how rough the water was. And I was just, I do not want to finish this. And I've never really made a decision like that before. Mm. And you know, at the time I felt fine with it because I had felt like what I got out of it was what I needed. Um, in terms of like training wise distance and time in the water before Catalina. But, you know, I'm sure I'm going to have to go back and finish. that. (laughs) 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 And I had uh, last year I signed up to do the uh, swim around Atlantic city and I didn't finish that either. And that was more of a time cutoff. I had, I can't remember how many miles it is. I think it's like 22 or, or something like that. And I had swum 20 of it and got back to the windmills and they wanted to pull me for time. And, and they ended up doing that. And that, that one kind of annoyed me because I feel like, you know, I probably would have been done in another hour or so, but that, that swims organization is challenging. Like it's, it's just getting started. So mm-hmm. I was, I had done, I had gone there for vacations when I was younger and I had uh, I'd done an Ironman there and a bunch of other things, so it was still really rewarding to me to actually swim around Atlantic City and see it from a, a different perspective. So I actually really did enjoy that swim too. But you know, it's never feels good to like swim for I don't know how long I swam ten or eleven hours and not actually finish. Something.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What um, what's been kind of your biggest lesson from something that you haven't finished?
1: Um, I actually, I don't really like to use the word failure because I feel like in ways those are your biggest successes. You know, in in time they will be because it's like, you know, to swim Atlantic City under those uh, parameters, like I knew what the time cut up was going in and I knew I was gonna be up against it. Like, unless I had a really great day, like I knew it was gonna be challenging for me to try to finish. I think you had to do, do it in 10 hours and 22 miles in 10 hours, I don't swim that fast. So uh, I knew that that was going to be a challenge for me. And, you know, it's like, I don't like to do speed work. (laughs) But apparently, it's something I'm going to have to do if that's something that I want to, uh, to actually, you know, finish a swim under a time cutoff like that. And, you know, anytime you don't succeed in something, like, I feel like you actually learn the most from that, because very few people will actually go back and, like, assess the situation when they've successfully completed something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when they fail, it's like, okay, well, what went wrong? What do I need to do about it? And you know, it could be very motivating to make the changes that, that need to be made. Mm -hmm. So. How do you handle um, hard situations? I mean, I think it depends what it is. Like I, I actually like, um, going long. Like, I know a lot of people say to me, like, how can you possibly swim for that long? Or, and it's like, I I won't even drive my car that long. (laughs) And it's, you know, I mean, I feel like you, you have a greater goal in mind, but you also kind of have to swim the mile that you're in. And I I learned that from, from Ironman triathlon and that you might be feeling really crappy now, but you know, 15 minutes down the road, if you get a drink and something to eat, sometimes you're fine. And, you know, so I always try to, if something's not going well, like one, I think you should try to address it as soon as possible and not ignore it. And then two, you should really swim the mile that you're in and not worry about like, oh, I don't feel good. And I've got 10 miles to swim Mm -hmm. because I think that really could be derailing for people. Um, And, you know, I think if things are really rough, like say with water conditions or something like that, um, you know, I try to keep in my mind again, like, you know, even a storm runs out of rain. So it, it could be like this all the way to the end, but it could be done in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more about just like left, left, right, repeat as needed until finished. Um, I have learned a lot of that just from triathlon. So I, I don't feel like uh, I struggled with that so much with marathon swimming. hmm
0: it's not the enduring that, that gets you what um you were, you've said a few times when you're kind of recapping a swim, like, you know, like the hurt, the pain, is there something specific that is hurting or is it, I mean, I like to say my everything hurts when you definitely get to that point, but
1: <laughs> now, I like to complain about what I call my stick arms. <laughs> and I think that's having not come from swimming. I, mm-hmm. I, again, having come from like full distance triathlon, like I was used to putting a, 14 15 hour load on my body but I never swam before so Mm. you know my legs I feel like were much stronger than my arms and I always like when I did eight bridges or or maybe even scar like I complained every day about how bad my stick arms hurt (laughs) no one cared (laughs) everybody was just like yeah swimming (laughs) they're like keep going (laughs) so I I feel like that was what I I meant and like people think like you could just make an easy transition from triathlon to swimming and you can in a sense that like I wasn't intimidated by time or distance but my arms killed me my shoulders killed me (laughs) um you know like I, I don't know how other people deal with that you know if people that swim more maybe uh, or grew up swimming feel that way. But I remember talking to John Batchelder at Eight Bridges because we had done it together. And I remember complaining about my stick arms again. And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) But I'm like, this guy's swimming butterfly. (laughs) This far, this is insane. Just shut up and swim, Mary. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Do you do any cross training for
1: arm strength or anything? You would think that I would, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think more of that is just, uh, you know, I did do some uh, like, I would call them more of like rehabilitation exercises, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, just to, cause you're pulling your shoulders forward so much with swimming just to try to like fix, fix my swimmer's posture and my neck yes. a little bit. Um, and I had known a lot of those, because like I had said, I had broken my collarbone twice. I had had a labral reconstruction. So I knew I already had shoulder, ing- shoulder issues going into swimming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that's one of the things that I find with swimming, like, even with all those injuries and not growing up swimming, like, I was still able to, to swim long distance. So mm-hmm. I really think anyone that really wants to could do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I'm with you. I agree. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself from marathon swimming?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like any kind of endurance activity, you know, really gives you your strengths and your weaknesses. And, you know, it's a matter of playing to your strengths and trying to to mitigate your weaknesses. And, you know, for me, I feel like coming from an endurance background, you know, I already had that mindset Um, so I had coached CrossFit and I had coached CrossFit endurance for, uh, this, this man, Max Wonderly. And at the time I did not swim, but I mean, I did for triathlon, but I wasn't a swimmer. And he actually has the Guinness book of world records for being the youngest person to swim around Manhattan, or at least at the time he did. I don't know if he still does. And I just thought he was like a God. I was like, how do you do that? I swim in Manhattan. But he was just like, it's 90% mental and the other 10% is mental. And I was just like, "Mm, that's a nice thing to say. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) He's he's such a great swimmer. I can't believe he did this. And, um, you know, I didn't really believe it at the time, but now I totally do believe it. And, you know, he had told me like, you know, there is few people in the world that have the mindset to do it he's like, it's not really something you could, could teach people. It's something they have to like learn themselves. And, you know, the mental mindset for it is either your biggest strength or your, could be your biggest weakness on any given event. So, you know, I feel like that was kind of a strength for me was that I, I had already known how to stick, stick out there, you mm-hmm. know, cause a lot of, a lot of marathon swimming is just staying out there. Mm-hmm
0: but anything specifically about yourself in marathon swimming from marathon
1: swimming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I'll stay out there as long as it takes sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, it, it does bring out your weaknesses of, I mean, that's actually why I feel like kind of obsessed with it is especially swimming. Cause I have come from other, uh, disciplines, like I said, triathlon and cycling and running and, Swimming so isolating, you know, you're really in your own world. You can't see that well. You can't hear that well. Um, you're out there by yourself. I mean, you do have like a kayak or a crew with you sometimes, but you're much more by yourself compared to running, you know, an, an Ironman or a marathon. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like that because I feel like it, for me, it really, you know, darkens out the world and you've got to meet yourself in a new way. And that's one of the most exciting things for me, like crewing for other people is when Mm. I know they're going to do that. Cause I Mm -hmm. I love that where, you know, your mind at, let's say mile two of a swim is not your mind at mile 18 of a swim, Mm -hmm. especially if you've never done it before. And I feel like, you know, you've got to meet your, your demons sometimes of like, this is the best of me and this is the worst of me. And how am I going to deal with that? You know, it shows you who you truly are Mm -hmm. and you've got decisions to make based on that information. Mm -hmm. So I I love when people do swims that are like truly challenging for them. And, you know, I know that they're going to see themselves in a new way after that. I I really feel like it does change you and you are a different person after, after things like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Which swim changed you? (laughs) Which swim made you feel like a different person afterwards?
1: Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I'd probably say that the very first swim when I swam around Lake George, because I feel, uh, you know, that was the first time I really ever understood marathon swimming and how hard it was. Because I felt I feel like it's harder than some of the other endurance things that I've done, and maybe that's good because I don't come from a swimming background, but. I mean, I really feel like it is more of a challenge.
0: Mm. I think it was. And I think, like you said, like it, I mean, it, that first swim, it, it does, it it changes you, but you, I mean, and you kind of either get the bug or you're that person that's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the 5k. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean, that I'm totally fine with that. Uh But it was like, it really, it encouraged me to, and I give Phil Wyatt credit for that. You know, he really has a lot of accessible swims, you know, where I didn't have to go from 10K to 20 miles. Right, right. So like for someone, for me, it's like, okay, I knew I could do a 10 mile and add a couple hours, or I knew I could do the border buster and add a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like he is very supportive of people swimming and puts on, you know, really low key events, which I actually kind of also enjoy Um, you know that was another thing I think I'd really fallen in love with with marathon swimming it's like I just swim around Manhattan and no one cares (laughs) you know it was me and like a couple people that knew about it and it was like you know the best thing where I had done Ironman and Ironman's a little ridiculous it's kind of like a circus yeah (laughs) it's a traveling circus really and you know there's there's a lot more people that do it. And, you know, you finish an Ironman and they literally, when you cross the the finish line, they tell you like, you're an Ironman, like (laughs) that means something. And I mean, I guess it does, but um, I just got tired of the circus. I feel like, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of energy that, that circles triathlon. And I mean, I give it credit. I don't think I'd ever do marathon. Obviously I never would have done marathon swimming if I didn't learn how to swim for triathlon, but I think I just got tired of the, the big events and 2000 people in
0: that
1: whole
0: scene. Yeah. As a coach, is there a tip or anything that you give someone we've already established that swimming is a (laughs) hundred percent mental. Is there a tip or anything that you give someone to help them kind of learn that endurance mindset or do you just kind of figure they either got it or they don't?
1: Um. I feel like the greatest gift you can really give anybody as a coach is belief, because I feel like there's people that I've coached and a lot of them will come back to me and be like, oh, I never could have done this without you. And it's totally not true. Right. It's sweet that they say it, but it's totally not true. And I think they truly believe that. And, you know, it's not just like a nice thing that they're saying to me, but it's like, you know, if you some people like have maybe, you know, a confidence issue and whether or not they can do something and like just someone believing in them to actually be like, yeah, you know, you can do it. And I mean, to be fair, I do believe that they could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like one of the greatest things that you can give someone.
0: Just believing in them for sure. It's a good one.
1: Cause like they don't really believe in themselves at the time. I mean, they do, but they have some kind of doubt. And like, you're saying, no, you can do this. No, you can do this. They're like, it's almost like a mantra in a way, or like some kind of intention you've set for them. You know, you're holding the space for them to be able to, to realize that dream themselves of like, I can do this. And then when they actually do do it, they're like, people have come back to me and said like, I never thought I would be able to do that, but you said I could do it. So I just kind of went along with the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did it. So I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, there's, and there's the energy between a coach and an athlete for sure. Like different people need a different kind of coaching. So I'm only saying it from, I guess, the kind of coach that I am. Like there's people that need a cheerleader kind of coach or a hand holder and, you know, that's what they need. So that's what they have to find. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's really important in a coaching relationship is knowing what you need and want out of it because you can get a training plan anywhere that's not yeah. really what coaching is like right. you can get a training plan to swim anything or run a marathon off the internet if you really want to but yep. that's not coaching that's just a training plan
0: right yeah i was just thinking back to the um the believing in you and that's exactly what Guy gave you when you were doing Catalina
1: you know it's what he gave me it's what uh Terry gave me yeah so it's great
0: yeah yeah that's important how's the pandemic been for you
1: well I'm treating the pandemic as like an endurance event where there's no yep. record exactly but in some ways it's been really good for me in that um uh, you know it's allowed me to take the time to do different things with my life and not have you know, such a driven focus on, you know, events that I had or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I still swam during the pandemic, but not at like the level of training that I had done before. And I feel like this year, or maybe next year, depending on when this thing ends, like really ends will be a an, an interesting year, because I actually took time off in a way to like get recovered and, you know, rejuvenated, which I feel like for me personally, like when I'm in an endurance situation, like it's always like, okay, well I did that. What am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, I feel like I was in a constant training mode and it's, you know, one of the first times in my life I've actually taken time to, to rest and relax and recover. And I just think from like a performance standpoint for a lot of people, I think a lot of people are going to put down really interesting swims this year. As a result of being recovered and you know maybe discovering more of a passion for something that they were just kind of doing you know on you know just out of habit mm, mm-hmm. like this is what i do
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, know what I mean um what motivates you to keep going
1: i'm crazy <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, I really enjoy enjoy endurance sports and not just, like, my own participation in them. Like, I will watch anything that is an endurance sport. I will watch rowing. I will watch cycling. <laughs> I will watch running. I will watch swimming. I just truly love it. So I think that's why I continue to do it, and I really do love it.
0: Yeah, I prefer to think that we're curious, not crazy, but... <laughs>
1: well, yeah. In the sense that I, there's something about endurance and the human spirit for me. Like, I feel it's almost like some kind of spiritual journey that I'm fascinated with mm-hmm. because like I've said, like, I'll watch endurance rowing events, like where people are rowing across the Atlantic and be like, I know nothing about rowing. I've never, <laughs> rowed. but I like watch it every day. Like, Oh, how far did they get? Oh, what's going on now? <laughs> it's the most compelling story to me. And I mean, I love the, I love anything with cycling. I will watch any cycling race. And, uh, you know, I I think that that fascinates me, like, especially people, like I take a lot of inspiration from people that, you know, are maybe out there the longest, like they'll never win anything and they still do it and Mm -hmm. won. And, you know, there's been times where, you know, I'll finish or people will finish and people are gone. <laughs> and it's, it's, why do those people keep going? You know what I mean? So there's more to it than just an event, Like there's something to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I, I feel like it's, you know, I mean, I think in any kind of major religion, like there's some kind of path of like suffering towards uh, towards like some kind of spiritual enlightenment. And I feel like in a way we've kind of, at least I have, I shouldn't speak for other people. But I feel like that's kind of what it is for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't really know what else to say about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're on our way to spiritual enlightenment. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like that suffering is definitely a part of it. Like, you know, it's, you know, what I said before, of like, you know, who are you in that, that dark hour? Mm -hmm. before the sun comes up or or uh if that's what people say you should never have your friends or family no you should never have your like family crew for you you should only have people crew for you that are like your friends that could deal with you (laughs) in that situation right because you could say truly horrible things to like crew members and like if they're swimmers are kind of like yeah okay i know that pain just like roll up their back but then i've had people crew for me that are like you know closer to me than that and it's like they don't forget what you've said. <laughs> so There's that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what advice would you give to a aspiring marathon swimmer?
1: You know, I feel like uh, getting a coach is probably a good idea. I don't actually have one and I've never really had one, but I think, you know, if you're really... Um, serious about it, I feel like having someone guide you through the process is a good idea. And if it's something you can't afford, then you probably should connect with the marathon swimming swimming community in some way. Because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that will give you a lot of advice and help you along your way. But what comes with that is if you don't know these people, is there advice worthy of mm-hmm. You know, they're telling you what they did. That might not be what you actually need. So that's why I say, like, a coach is probably a better idea. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's there's a million roads to get to any destination, and you know, every person's going to take a different road there. And mm-hmm. just like following a cookie cutter kind of plan to to do that might not be in your best interest. Because everybody's got different strengths and weaknesses of what they need to to work on for you know accomplishing any goal.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah that's good advice <laughs> thank <laughs> you for being our guest today
1: Mary thanks for having me I love hearing We're your
0: you <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad that we haven't uh, uncovered why you don't feel proud of the swims that you've done I think maybe you maybe we need to redefine define pride so that we can
1: really <laughs> <laughs> we well, get I into have, it I definitely have weird things with that like people say like you know people I've met would be like oh you're a swimmer and I'm like am I Like I don't even identify myself as like such things sometimes. Like, I don't know if it's, I just don't like labels or I have weird associations with words, but I,
0: it took me, yeah. Until it's been just in the last, I appreciate that just because I I have trouble with labels. (laughs) It took me a really long time to accept that I was a swimmer and I grew up swimming, but, but it wasn't until like, I don't know, someone with regard to coaching, was like, gosh, I think I'd really love to coach people. It just inspires me so much to really help people achieve something that they never thought that they could. And they're like, well, why don't you? Or, you know, or like, why do, what do you think you need to that, to do that? And it's like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I do have a lifelong experience. I have been, you know, let an age group, whatever, you know, like when you put it all together, but you have to like, stop and think about it. And yeah, Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's true. Like, you know, I feel like coaching or, or training, it's like, you should really be I feel like energetically, you should be working with someone, you know, training with someone that's about your pace, but you should also be like training with people that are way better than you and people that you could also help, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like you really get the true experience if you're actually, you know, doing that because you're getting all sides of it instead of just like, you know, this person swims my, you know, my pace, I'm going to swim with that. Like, if you're swimming with people that are better than you, they make you better. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you're swimming with people that maybe don't have as much experience as you, you know, you're giving them something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you need to do all of the things, <laughs> all, of the,
0: all of the time, for a really long time <laughs> to really true. get a good idea. It's true. <laughs> then we will reach spiritual enlightenment. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think that's part of it too. Like, I think that's another part of marathon swimming that really is appealing to me is, I mean, I have a hard time with asking people to, you know, crew for me or kayak for me or or whatever. But I mean, I feel like doing that for other people, like being of service and actually, you know, what you're doing here with marathon swimming is being of service to the entire marathon and aspiring marathon swimming community by, you know, people will find inspiration in this or, you know, caring for someone and helping them realize their dream. Like that's really an act of service. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is an important part of it that maybe doesn't, you know, get recognized as much in other sports because marathon swimming is so dependent on it. Yeah. Like You do not, you know, it is considered a solo swim, but you don't get there by yourself for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of hate that part about it. It's like, you really have to be dependent upon other people. And it's like, oh my God, these people are going to sit on a boat for me all day. This is nuts. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, it brings up a really interesting point too, just about like that, the dependence and not liking it. Cause I'm in the same way and asking people to help you and like all of it. It's really hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know like most people that are marathon swimmers, like they actually do enjoy doing it so yeah it's weird that I feel that way but it's also kind of like I cannot believe this person's going to sit in a kayak for 10 hours that's insane I wouldn't do it <laughs> oh, right, right
0: so how do you think Iron Man got the, the circus because I mean they get millions I mean, of volunteers think... <laughs> to come out and support people to do something that you know most of us wouldn't want to do
1: <laughs> I mean I feel like uh there are beautiful things about triathlon and Ironman for sure. You know, it's changed a lot of lives. You know, people do that. They have a new found sense of themselves and they really give, you know, they give that off to other people, but you know, I think it's just, you know, it's such an enormous brand right now, you know, and it's not even a, you know, I mean, that's a for profit business. So it's Mm -hmm. a very, it's a very different vibe from marathon swimming where, you know, like I said, you swim around Manhattan, you get off the boat, everybody goes their way, nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a different, it's just a different situation. You know, it's, it's much more of a a marketing and um, branding thing. You know, I, I feel like they, they've kind of done themselves a disservice, honestly, in my opinion, when they added half Ironman, because they've kind of dumbed down their brand. You know, before like being a marathon, being an Ironman was kind of a thing when it first started, you know, it had more of a pure, it had more of a purity to the sport, you know? And like, now it's just kind of like with half Ironman, it's like, you know, they've just brought a lot of people in that, you know, have changed the dynamic of it. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different thing.
0: Right. Did they say you are a half Ironman when you finish? (laughs) 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 Fascinating. Well, as much as I'd love to get into the branding (laughs) and marketing of endurance sport, we'll save that for a separate conversation. (laughs) Thank you. We're
1: talking about triathlon and losing your audience. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Nope. (laughs) I think it's fascinating though. Just some of the carryovers, um, you know, um, with like the endurance and endurance sports, i I've talked to other people who came from either cycling backgrounds and, and for them, it's funny that they're like, the time isn't the issue. It's not the, they're like, oh yeah, well, it wasn't even, it's only like 11, 12 hours. Like I'm used to doing that, but, you know, but the swimming for that long. So it's it's just, it's fascinating. It's all fascinating to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why you're doing this. That's why I'm
0: doing this, exactly. <laughs> and like, I, like you were saying, I love talking to, you know, the people that, you know, just, they're just in it because they're not in it because they want to win or finish or do a pioneer swim. They just love being in the water. I love it.
1: It's a great place to be. (laughs) Yep,
0: exactly. And there's a lot of water in the world too. Awesome. Well, we just have a small group left, so we won't do meet your lane mates today. But um, thank you again, Mary, for your time. Thank
1: you. Good <laughs> <fun>. And therapeutic. <laughs> Good.
0: Good. Mission accomplished. <laughs> All right, you guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. More than just a podcast, did you know that you can watch Marathon Swim Stories on YouTube? Or join us. We meet on Tuesdays at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 1330 GMT. Check out intrepidwater.com forward slash marathon swim stories to see who's up next. Thank you for listening.